Welcome to Dish of the Day with Eartha Kitten and Delta Van Dam. Today we'll be serving up a big plate of hot cakes on whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Well, <laughs> just nowhere to start with this one, I feel like. Yeah. We've also seen each other a lot in the past few weeks, so it's like, what's going on? We know everything. We know what's going on. Welcome to part two of our Ratatouille series. I'm Eartha Kitten. I'm Delta Van Dam, a.k.a. Delta Von Strip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What a glorious week that was in, like, burlesque meme history. And it's some people are still keeping it going. I'm like, this is great. I actually really want the Susie Von Strip Award to become a thing so I can, like, one, try to win it, and two, just be like, ah, yes, I am an award-winning performer, Susie Von Strip certified. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. For those of you who aren't in the burlesque scene, there's a person named Matt Finish mm-hmm. who posts burlesque-related memes called Unhelpful Burlesque Tips, mm-hmm. and they posted a review from a survey, and it was basically just some really jaded bitter person saying that like she doesn't like seeing successful they don't like (laughs) they don't because we don't know we don't know yeah i have assumptions but unconfirmed Mm -hmm. they don't like seeing quote unquote hobbyist performers making more than them which is just complete bullshit Mm -hmm. because like you should get paid whatever you are worth my favorite was that this person was like because the, the joke comes from this person stated, quote, I don't think Susie Von Strip with her 18 months of experience should be getting paid the same as me with 13 years of stage experience, which made me laugh out loud because I'm like, I have more stage experience than you, but I still don't think it's Susie Von Strip's job to make sure that I'm paid what I'm paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, Negotiate your own fucking pay if you don't like what you're getting paid. Like, seriously, there's so many. And like I said on my status, I was like, there's so many burlesque artists out there who are teaching, like, financial literacy classes and being able to tell you how you should charge for what you're bringing to the table. And if you don't know how to do that, how professional are you? Yeah, you can't be that professional. You can't separate yourself from a hobbyist if you don't know one of the basic rules of burlesque performance is to be like I'm I will not perform for less than X and it that doesn't matter what the other people in the show are getting paid. If the budget fits and can afford what you are worth then they'll hire you. And if they don't then you just don't do that show. Exactly. At least that's how I feel. Some people get real up in arms and think that they deserve to be on every single stage ever erected in the history of time and I'm like, must be nice to feel that way. I I don't Mm-mm. so I'm like I'm a fucking hobbyist. If we're separating people, I am a hobbyist. Whatever. I'll I'll do whatever I want for whatever amount of pay that I Yeah. Want, you know. Deem appropriate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Some shows, if it's a charity show, I'll do for free. Mm-hmm. Other shows, I'm not doing it unless I get paid seventy dollars per act. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly care because it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. But other people, I'm like, don't blame other people's success. For your non-success. 
oh i shouldn't yeah and it's like if you believe that that's fine it's just sometimes people say things out loud it's like you really said that with your whole chest for the world to hear you really like, just told everybody that you think that right you really just you know just said it yeah that's why I say don't assume it's her because this is some real white men mentality. That, mm, you're not wrong. I know. So we are all Susie Von Strip mm-hmm. somewhere deep inside. Yes. Except whoever said that. It's Fuck like you. the real Slim Shady. <laughs> well, the real Susie Von Strip. Please, please stand, stand up. up and shake your tassels. <laughs> well, that leads to today's appetizer. On the subject of Ratatouille, where we were bitching about Alfredo Linguini. Stealing everything from Colette. Colette. Okay, yeah. I knew it was C et because I was gonna say Claudette, but yeah. yeah Colette. Like Colette stealing Alfred, everything. Alfredo stole all Colette's success. And basically saying that French cooking is written is a bunch of antiquated rules written written by stupid old men. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Yeah, it's still happening. Yep, today's appetizer is white men. Yet again. (laughs) Always. I just am so exhausted by the amount of white men who, like, really listened and learned last year, Mm quote-unquote, and, like, really took the time to, like, listen to people that they were hurting and, like, move past all that. And then I, like, look on Instagram or I'll, like, look on Facebook and I'm like, so y'all are still running everything. You listened to these voices, but you didn't enact any, like, actual change. Because according to one recent bullshit excuse I heard, it was, these things take time. Mm -hmm. One would say that a year is a lot of time, but who knows? In the time of COVID, maybe a year felt like you know, six weeks to you. Felt like an eternity for me, but... um, You know, it takes less time if people actually do what they've said they would do and enact what they said they would enact. It would take less time. You know, this progress would come less uh, probably jarring to you if you just did what you were told the first time. Mm -hmm. But no, you got to prove that these antiquated things still work and that, you know, you have to like lead with love and and take your time. And it's like, I know why you're taking your time because you don't want to piss off the other white men that you have to answer to, Mm -hmm. which, okay, but... On the other hand, like, if you're going to say all of this and say you're doing all of this, part of going forward is, like, also doing work on your end. Like, I don't know, reading a book, uh, Googling, because it's free. Oh, my God. Um, Googling's the hardest thing to do, apparently. Googling's the hardest thing to do, and it's also, like, it's like Googling and then shutting up when you're told to Google. Right. Yeah. Also, I don't know if anybody listening to this can benefit from this uh, revelation that I'm about to put out there, but I'm just going to say this right now. I'm not working with producers who double down on their white supremacy, and you shouldn't either. Yeah. A fucking man. Mm-hmm. It just is astounding. Like, every time I think maybe this will finally sink in for somebody, mm-hmm. there's always one person that comments or makes a separate status or something and I'm just like really really you're that defensive you're that (laughs) defensive about how progressive you are that you just completely receded into the 1950s in your Mm -hmm. effort to prove how progressive you are okay 
or my personal favorite. I'm being attacked. I guess I just won't speak at all. Okay. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Go ahead. Shut Much up. Much like that Joe Rogan headline that was going around that was saying, like, white men aren't going to be allowed to talk. Straight white men aren't going to be allowed to talk. I see no problems with this at all. I saw a meme with that quote, and it was just a, a literal stock photo of a podcast with mm-hmm. three white men in headphones. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. White straight men are totally being prevented from talking right now. They're totally being censored when they make up, like, 80% of the podcast industry. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, well, it was interesting because I'm on Twitter and one of the Twitter people I follow is Francesca Ramsey. And she's, like, known for speaking out against that stuff. She had a show on MTV Online called Decoded where she would like break down like, oh, so you want to talk about this? Let's talk about all the ways that this negatively impacts like marginalized people, especially black people. Um, And she made a really good point that like a lot of people that end up getting canceled also go on to get like comedy specials where they can talk about being canceled. And they get interviewed by, like, Good Morning America, where they can talk about what happened to them when they were canceled. And they're still, like, they complain about being silenced, but they get the biggest platform. Mm -hmm. Whereas the people who they actually hurt are just like, don't talk. Don't, don't say anything. We got this. We, we we appreciate your story. Now let us handle this. And all of that goes back to who does this benefit? I'm going to guess. Nine times out of ten, it's white man. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I get it. I'm going to be complaining about this till the day I die. But also, like, y'all could just maybe change some shit so I don't have to complain about it as much anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Side note, if you're a white man, <laughs> please learn about women or people with uteruses, periods. Because I am tired mm. of seeing posts about the ridiculous things that you think about people with periods and how periods work. Did you see what I shared earlier? I saw a bit of it, but it was like in passing and I was like, I don't know if I have time to sit here and get angry like this. Facebook's been really anger inducing lately. Yeah. So I'm just like, I have to take it in like very small spurts. It was basically like 20 posts with men that were saying, like, if you're tired of having your period, just stop having it. If only. If only. I mean, I did, but I also, it's because of birth control. Yeah. It's like, I'm not doing great, but I'm also not having a period. Like, I don't think they get that that's the trade-off. It's like, you either feel bad or you feel bad without a period. Yes. Like, it's still, like... The side effects pretty much make up for not having a period. Yeah, at least they do for me. I had just had to go off birth control because the side effects were so bad. I just, like... And you never know what, how different it is until you think about, like, what, like the last time you were happy and it was probably before birth control. At least it is in my case. And I'm just like, yeah, my depression got real bad right around the time I got on birth control and my boobs started growing and haven't stopped for five years. And I thought I was done with that. And it's like, no, we're bracing for this baby that you refuse to have. Ugh. Which is basically like your period. That's what your period does. Also, it's like I made this beautiful nursery. Where's the baby? I made such a beautiful home for a very nice egg, <laughs> and there's no egg. Please, please learn about periods. Because if you legitimately think that we stick pads 
to our vagina and and can shower in pads. I am concerned. Also, how do you sleep with people with vaginas? Who lets you in there? I just feel like you shouldn't be allowed to bring a life into this world until you understand the workings of the machinery that you need. Right. Like the opposite machinery of what you have. You need to understand the inner workings of that before you should be able to bring life into this world. But no, this is what happens. And that's how we have dads who refuse to take their daughters to stores because they're like, I'm not going to buy you pads. I'm not going to buy you pads. You got to buy them yourself. Yeah. Like, Ugh. Yeah. If you're a functioning adult, just learn about the reproductive system. It's not a big deal. It. Period. End of story. Huh. Period. I realize it's, I think for, this has nothing to do with Ratatouille, but <laughs> I do think it's like intimidating for some people, like speaking from experience, it can be like intimidating to be like, I'm going to explore my body and I'm going to explore like other people's bodies via text. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I know, like you think you learned enough in, in health class, right? And then you get to be our age in this day and age and you're like, no, my health class was very heteronormative and very like pushing uh, not, you know, sex is something you do in marriage and like, but sex is also really technical. And if you do this and that, that's how you get pregnant. If you do this and that, that's how you get like, you know, STIs or something. Um, and so like as an adult, I feel like, I know for me, it can be like almost like I almost feel embarrassed a little bit that I have to like go back and like unlearn all of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, this is what's necessary if you want to be like the type of person that doesn't that isn't ignorant about this stuff. You have to like do it. But it's like that type of work is difficult. But also I'm like, if eh, I still don't want to make people give people excuses not to mm-hmm. it's like I understand like for some people approaching that can be hard. But for some of you, you're just lazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do your do your fucking research. There's a good book called Girls and Sex. Everyone should read Girls and Sex, Navigating the Complicated New Landscape by Peggy Orenstein. I, ex- especially if you are a man, fucking read it. Mm-hmm. Just understand the difficulties that people with vaginas go through. Mm-hmm. On the subject of Ratatouille, Mm -hmm. do you think Alfredo Linguini has a good sex education? Hell no. I don't think so either. (laughs) The man was about to add mop water to a soup. (laughs) (laughs) He obviously wouldn't have paid attention. He obviously didn't. Um, Yeah, no. There's very little redeeming about him at all in the movie. Yeah. I don't know if rats have sex lives, but I feel like Remy would know his way around... Remy's probably sensitive enough. I feel like Remy, honestly, is probably asexual. Honestly, I think so. Yeah. That I would think, make the most sense. I think Remy is probably like, I'm good on all that. Uh, I just want to cook. Right. I just want to cook, and I do think people are attractive, but that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> like, I 100% yeah. think this is canon. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here, folks. Right. Remy so, the rat. Yeah, in this episode, we are making ratatouille. Ratatouille! Yeah, we were not making that really ridiculous soup in that movie. Oh my god. (laughs) The the soup that probably tasted terrible. Yeah. So, I guess we'll start with this dish itself. Me, personally, in the movie, it looks delicious. Mm -hmm. 
But then once I heard what was actually in it, it's like a bunch of foods that I don't typically like. Mm-hmm. So I'm really cautious going into this. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. The sauce seems like normal sauce. Yeah. I was, I think, and this is my problematic way of thinking, I was like, ratatouille, but it has tomatoes. It's not Italian? Like, I I don't know. I really don't know what it's going to taste like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I don't really eat squash like that. I yeah. don't necessarily love um, roasted tomatoes. And, I mean, I like, like, onions and garlic and, like, herbs and stuff like that. But I, I'm definitely not somebody who eats, like, a lot of those summery vegetables. And that seems to be what's in here, like eggplant and zucchini and squash and tomato bell peppers we uh, skipped the bell peppers we we're not definitely lie. did <laughs> skip the bell peppers because both of us were like i don't we don't really eat these and not gonna lie one of the bell peppers i had the yellow one came from my hello fresh meal because i wasn't gonna use it <laughs> i just i don't like peppers like they're not bad they're not it's not that they're too spicy because most of them are sweet Mm -hmm. it's just number one i have sensory issues so the texture is just like yeah it's like rubbery and i just can't get down with the like any of them like green yellow orange red i just don't and i never have and it's like that i can taste when they're in stuff and it ruins the dish for me yeah especially if they're like diced in there and i can't pick them out then i'm just like i can't really eat this same um yeah i'm trying to think of like something that i will eat peppers in and i'm like nope i usually just push them aside like even in like like my dad sometimes will put them in his spaghetti and i'm like why why'd you do this why why are you like this i skip them when they're in fajitas i'm not gonna lie i'll just that's why I don't get, like, fajita, like, I love grilled mushrooms. I don't like grilled peppers. And most of the time, like, when people are like, do you want fajita veggies? It comes with peppers. And it's I'm like, just peppers. Why like, can't I just have the onions? <laughs> like, just give me the onions. Skip everything else. Yeah. Um, but when we were making it, it smelled good. Yeah, it didn't smell bad. And it, it looks really pretty. Like, it's one of the few dishes that I look at. I'm like, you... Any way you make this, unless you just slapped it all together, it's going to be beautiful. Which I did see a recipe for. Like, we're doing the one, and I'll link it when I post this on Instagram, but we're doing the one from Tasty.com, which is, like, basically BuzzFeed's, like, cooking cooking channel yeah. when BuzzFeed was big. Um, but it was the highest rated one with, like, the most reviews, so I'm like, all right, we'll do this one. But there were some that was just literally all that stuff chopped up and, like, mixed together in a pot, and then you just let it cook for, like, an hour and a half like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. We're going tr- screen accurate here. Let's try and make the pretty one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so. Screen accurate ratatouille here. It looks really pretty. And preparation-wise... Not that difficult. No, but also there was two of us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One person had, doing all that chopping. It probably wouldn't have, I mean, it wouldn't have been that bad, but I'm thinking of like having to do all the chopping and then sauteing like the sauce. Like you doing the sauce was like perfect because I was like, I'm I'm at, getting at my wits end with, that's one of the things I hate about cooking is prep. Yeah. Because it's like, it's one of those things like when you do it and if you do it right, that does help with the dish, but I'm so like hungry when I start cooking. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not prepping shit. Just put it all in there. 
Yeah, my ADHD in prepping food. I'm just like, nope. And I know it would solve literally all of my food issues if I just cut beforehand. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Not no. going to happen. I started this pasta water and I'm going to finish cutting up these vegetables before it's done. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> but am I going to try anyway? Hell yes. to the fuck. Is yes. that water going to boil for probably four minutes past it's supposed to? Yes, but that's none of your fucking business. Just go away. Get out you of my kitchen. food? You get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the prep doesn't seem that bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like for us in one of the like first movie meals that we're making, this one was probably the easiest. Oh, for sure. Because like I feel like the movies we have lined up is like... Some of those things can get real complicated. Oh, God, yeah. And also, this one didn't involve meat, so it was, like, great. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's pretty decent for a veggie dish. I mean, it smells good anyway. Because mm-hmm. normally, I like is vegetarian sometimes. I think the one that we made is vegan. Vegan? Oh, okay. I mean, is we didn't... It? We used olive oil. There wasn't any butter or cheese or eggs mm-hmm. or... Yeah, it must be vegan. Hey, there you go. (laughs) Well, if it's good, we'll recommend it as a vegan meal. Yeah. If it's good, I'm going to make this shit all the time. Yeah. If I can ever find eggplants and squash. Oh, my God. I should have took a picture of how big that eggplant was. Jesus Christ. It's like, I definitely, oh, I should have took a picture of it before I cut it up. But just imagine, like, I don't even know. It was, like, stumpy. But, like, (laughs) big, round, bottom eggplant. Like, I think we were talking about eggplant emojis, and I'm like, if there's a dick that resembles this eggplant... That's what a lot of people said when people started using the eggplant emoji for, like, sex and shit, is like, y'all do know what eggplants look like. Like, (laughs) this is... I don't know who can handle this. It was literally, like, like, as white as a fucking Coke can. Yeah. If that's a real penis, I'm... Number one, I'm sorry. Because, ouch. I just feel like it probably exists. Probably. But it's almost like, excuse me, do you have elephantitis? <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy that has silicone And I know that affects your testicles, but... I, I just know there's this one guy that has silicone injections to make his penis that big. Why? And I'm just like, you don't need to. Can you Have you found anyone to have sex with? Cause Why? Ow? Yeah. Just ow. I don't know. I So, yeah. So, going in, we're both, like, I think, skeptical. Very skeptical. You know, we're like, I don't know what this is going to taste like. And I don't know how we're supposed to eat it. Like, I bought bread in case we want to put it on bread. Which makes sense. But, it like, it said at the bottom, like, you can serve it as a main dish or as a side dish. And I guess it may, I, for me, it makes more sense as a side dish. I don't know why in my brain I'm thinking of it as a dip. <laughs> like <laughs> It is kind of dipish. I'm like, you just, just put bread in this and eat it. <laughs> yeah, because it's just a layer of sauce and then the thinly sliced layers of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then, like, herbs on top. It's very dip-esque. Yeah. Kind of casserole-ish, too, in a way. Yeah. Lasagna. Mm-hmm. But no cheese. No cheese or meat. Mm-hmm. So, like, the saddest lasagna. I mean, people do make lasagna with, like, zucchini and stuff, so. Why? I'm a meat. I'm a meat lover. Because they don't eat meat. <laughs> Some I know. people don't eat meat. I know. I just love meat so much. I know. But, yeah, I've had, like... I've had, like, pastas where it's zucchini or eggplant in place of the 
meat and I'm like this isn't terrible if it's prepared correctly but mm -hmm. if you go to someone and they give you really bland and then it's yeah. just vegetables on top of that it's like why do you hate flavor yeah we just because you're substituting meat doesn't mean it has to not be seasoned mm-hmm I just hope it's good. I, yeah. Because it looks good, it smells good. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's good, too. And I hope we can find a use for all these extra ingredients we have. God, yeah. I'm like, if anyone out there eats squash or tomatoes, uh, come find us. Yeah. Send us a message. Well, they're going to be bad by the time this comes out. Yeah, that's true. Well, too late. Hopefully, we found a use for them before this episode. I'm sure. I can will. make zucchini tomorrow to go with my dinner, but I don't know about squash and tomatoes. Mm, those are the difficult ones. Mm -hmm. Eggplant. Uh, not a lot of uses for eggplant, in mm -hmm. my humble opinion. Yeah, fry it. Ooh, yeah. If you like dip it in some beer batter and stuff, you can make fried eggplant, and then it's kind of like fried pickles, but not pickles. That sounds good, actually. Mm hmm. So we are going to try it and we're going to give our full review once it comes out of the oven. But so far, so good. Easy preparation. Mm -hmm. Instagrammable. Check. I feel like we need to come up with categories for judging our movie meals. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. So number one, easy to prep. Yeah. Number two, is it Instagrammable? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I feel like smell should be a factor. Yeah. Are there any other factors? Taste. Taste. Well, yeah, of course. Balance of flavor. Yeah. And I guess a fun question is, would we serve this at a dinner party? Combine Ooh. all of those and ask, would we serve this to guests at a dinner party? I like it. Ten, so. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. All right. So we're going to go get this out of the oven and we'll bring it up and we'll give it a taste. Mm -hmm. And we will let you know how it goes. All right, we're here. We finally got our ratatouille out of the oven. I will say it smells really good. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to get one of everything on the bite. Same. I think I did it. All right. All right. Cheers. I don't know how I feel. I feel like it's just fancy spaghetti sauce. Yeah, like I literally just taste the sauce and everything else is a vehicle. Yeah, let me try and taste a piece. I have a piece of I think zucchini here with just like a bunch of herb seasoning. Let me try that. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like spaghetti sauce. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's just, uh, I yeah. will say that if I ever make this again, I'm going to add mushrooms. Definitely. It definitely needs mushrooms or some kind of earthiness to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have fully consumed the dish. I'm gonna ratatouille. ratatouille. <laughs> what are we cooking today? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to include that. You're gonna have to send it to me so I can include it in oh, our I social will. media posts. I think I'm gonna double down on it, just feels like a fancy vehicle for tomato sauce. Yeah, I wasn't, and I, I guess I could see it as a side dish, but it just, I don't know. I think the heartiness with like, the herbs and the tomatoes just reminded me so much of um like a tomato sauce that I felt like I'm cheating on this because it like to me I was like some penne noodles and some mushrooms this would be like Mwah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it definitely doesn't seem like a standalone dish and then my thought while I was eating it was 
I feel like Disney, you know, all the research researchers that they have for this final dish in the movie, I feel like they just researched what is the least likely dish to impress a gourmet chef. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make that the final meal in this movie. And it just yeah. happened to be called ratatouille. And they were like, ah, yes, perfect. Because it's supposed to be like a peasant dish. Mm-hmm. And like, I get why you would make it if you were like a mother and cooking because it's super easy, like easy to prepare. Right. Especially if you're growing all that stuff in your garden. Because like, we have to keep in mind, we didn't, we cheated and we didn't use like fresh herbs. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I felt like that is something that is super easy where it's just like, let's just gather up a bunch of stuff from the garden, mm-hmm. throw it in a pot and cook it. Yeah. That sauce. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's. I mean, we ate it. Like, we ate the whole thing. It's not like we're sitting here, like, not satisfied. But I think, um, yeah, I was just like, it needs a little bit something more. And blame that on my carnivorous upbringing. Yeah, I just, I I need meat, personally. You mentioned, like, you would eat it with, like, a grilled cheese. Yes. Yeah. It needs something, meat or cheese. Now that I'm thinking about it, the bread probably would have been good with it. We decided to forgo the bread. Mm-hmm. But it just needs something mm-hmm. more. I don't know. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I know, like, one of the modifications I would make because I add this to everything is to add, like, a dash of, like, red pepper mm-hmm. to bring out, like, a little bit more spice in it. Yeah. Um, and give it a little bit more punch. But, yeah. Also, like, surprisingly, the part that I liked the most was the eggplant because it soaked up the flavor the most. Yeah, like, the zucchinis and the squash just were kind of bland. But the eggplant. And I wonder, because there's, I think there's enough. I feel like we should save some for tomorrow and see what it tastes like when all the flavors are settled. Mm Because, you know, like, pasta's like that, too, where it's like if you leave it overnight, the next day it tastes even better. Yeah. So, that might be something to add on. But, um... As of right now, like, it's good. I don't know if I would... If I saw this on a menu and it was the only thing I recognized, yeah, I would still get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we did leave out peppers. I feel like peppers would add something to it, but not anything I would enjoy. <laughs> not anything that either of us would enjoy. They'd probably add, like, a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I know how I react to peppers and things, and I would be tasting ratatouille and peppers. Yeah. It wouldn't be, like, one complete dish. I'd be like, this just tastes like tomato sauce with a bunch of peppers in it, and I hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't... I would try it with the peppers just to see if it's just some magical combination. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm not... I'm not feeling the pepper idea. No. I'm not going to lie. I think the way I would be most excited to try it with would be with, like, crustini. Like, a crusty piece of bread with, mm-hmm. like, some butter and herbs on there. Well, that does sound good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be really good. So. So, let's go through our categories. Okay. Um, I feel like we should rate them one to five. Okay. Yeah. So, let's start with prep. How easy was it to prep? One being the lowest, five being the highest. Yes. One, it was super hard. Five, mm-hmm. it was super easy. I give it a, like, if we hadn't done it together, I have to think about that. And if we hadn't done it together, I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Like, I cut up the vegetables and Delta did the sauce. But if I had to do, like, all of it, I would have gotten really annoyed very quickly. Because it just, 
it took me just as long to cut up the vegetables as it did for her to make the sauce. And I'm just like, once prep gets like past like 10 minutes, I'm like, this is really too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely agree. Um, So I would say with two people, maybe a four. Mm-hmm. With one person, probably a three, just for the significant amount of chopping that you have to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you had to chop up the onion and the and garlic. The garlic. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's And a, it would have been the bell pepper, so it would have been even more. Yeah. So this is something where, like, <sighs> preheat your oven the minute you start. Because yes. it's going to take you the whole time to cut all of this stuff up. And mind you, we cut our... That's another thing. We cut ours in half. Mm-hmm. We only did, like, three tomatoes, one squash, one zucchini. Imagine if we had had six tomatoes... Yeah. And two squash, two zucchini, like, yeah. Yeah, if we had done four servings instead yeah. of two. And we're not fancy like the people on the internet. We didn't buy a mandolin for this. No. So, <laughs> so if you have to cut it up, if you really want to be precise and cut it up the way they do, which is, like, really, really thin, that's even more prep. Yeah, and so. more equipment. So, mm-hmm. not bad. Not the easiest thing. Um, mm-hmm. Next... Instagrammable, one being it's ugly as fuck, mm-hmm. five being, oh my god, I look like a professional chef with the right filter. Five. Five, for sure. Yeah, and you, like, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see, but, like, the way it laid out, the way the vegetables ended up looking, like, every part of it, I feel like, was Instagrammable, so it's definitely one of those things where if you're looking to impress your Instagram followers, mm-hmm. like, this is, the, this is one of those dishes to make, because... Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, even, like, and I don't cut necessarily pretty stuff, but even that didn't even matter, like, once it was all put together. Yeah, I mean, it was a literal rainbow. It was red, green, Mm -hmm. yellow, purple. It was really aesthetically pleasing. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked just looking at it. Like, looking at it made it look more appetizing than I think it actually was. Yeah, and even when it came out, what's funny is that to me it looked like a pizza, Mm -hmm. but it didn't look like a bad pizza. You know how some people, like, post the pizzas they've made and it's like, this looks like a nightmare. (laughs) I'm like, this, and I feel like it's also because we used the cast iron, so it's like we made it, like, that was like the little, like, eyelash on yeah, the like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we used a well seasoned iron cast iron skillet look at us mm-hmm. fancy yeah next category smell one it smells awful five it smelled delicious I personally would say five because we came down the stairs because mm-hmm. we're, fil- we're recording at my house filming we're fancy we're recording at my house and my studio is upstairs and then the kitchen is downstairs and we walked down the stairs and it was just it hit us in the nose it was like ooh that mm-hmm. smells fresh it smells herby and nice yeah i would say five i definitely think the base of it being like the onions and the garlic and then like herb seasoning on top really like just made the house boom and i imagine that with like fresh herbs it's even like yeah like yeah, no. We even like right when we put it in, even just making the sauce, we were like, "This smells really good." Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I think it's like all that garlic and onion and just those like really good smells together. Definitely. Whenever somebody cooks something like that, you're like, "Ooh, it smells good." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed the smell. Um, then we get to balance of flavor. One being not balanced at all. Five being you could taste everything and it complemented. 
I would say two. Cause I, same. Literally, all I tasted was the tomatoes and the herbs. And mm-hmm. I wish, like, I love the taste of zucchini normally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really eat eggplant or squash regularly, but I've had them fried and they taste good. Mm-hmm. I wish I tasted more of that and less tomato. Yeah. I get. <sighs> Yeah, I gave it a two because, like, I didn't, I don't even like squash. So the fact that I couldn't, that it all kind of tasted the same is good. But at the same time, there was no, like, distinctiveness to it. Mm-hmm. Like I like we keep saying, it just kind of tasted like fancy tomato sauce with yeah. a bunch of vegetables in it. Like, I feel like I could have mixed all that together and then put that into a bake and gotten more flavor out of it. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah. And again, we're eating it right out of the oven. I'm like really curious to see how it tastes like after the flavors have settled. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I'm like, eh. Yeah. I just taste tomatoes and a little bit of garlic and a little bit of pepper. And that's because I added extra pepper to the herb seasoning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, balance of flavor wasn't really there for me either. Mm -hmm. And then the final question, would we serve this at a dinner party? I think I would, but only if it, like, the dinner party called for it. This isn't something where I'd, like, be like, I know this in my back pocket, so I'm going to make it to impress everybody. Mm -hmm. I think if I were throwing, like, a French-themed party or if I were throwing something, like, in the middle of winter where it was, like, cozy food and I needed something to, like, something extra to put on the table for people to pick at after dinner, mm-hmm. I would make this. Because it takes an hour to cook. And, like, that's a lot to put into a dish that, you know, can be a side, can be a main dish. You don't really know what to do with it. So yeah. I would serve it. It's not like it was difficult, but I, I don't. But it would have to be, like, a special occasion. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't serve it for, like, my friends are coming over and we're, like, watching musicals or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would serve it if I had a really strong main dish. Mm-hmm. And I needed a side dish that was just easy as far as, like, I don't have to think about it that much. Yeah. Like, if I had a super strong main dish that complemented it and I was just like, well, let me just throw together some ratatouille mm-hmm. on the side... I think it I think it's definitely more of a side dish. Yeah, I would not serve this as a main dish because mm-hmm. I feel like my friends would be like, what in the fuck? Yeah, you're literally just giving us veggies and tomato sauce, thanks. Right. And so I think yeah, like you're saying, I would serve it as like if I needed like a banging side dish to like kind of show off, but mm-hmm. like also so like you said, something I don't have to think about, like slave over the stove, like green beans or something. Yeah. Just be like, all right, I'm gonna make this and then something quick, like a salad or something. So yeah, I could see it like that. Like I, my main dishes are always super difficult to prepare. Mm-hmm. So this would definitely be something to keep in my back pocket. Like, fuck, I need something else. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is just an anecdote about me. I don't get having several courses of a meal. <laughs> yeah. Because I normally just eat one big helping of the main course and then maybe dessert. Mm-hmm. So, like, appetizers and salads and soups. and. Yeah. Anytime that I, like, in the past when we could throw dinner parties, anytime I do that, I try to, like, have the appetizer ready when people start getting there mm-hmm. and have dinner, like, at least 
halfway to three quarters done when people get there so that all I'm working on are like sides and stuff yeah um and I feel like this one would be one that would take up all of my appetizer prep time that I would have to but you can't put it in too early because then if it's done before everything else it'll get cold like yeah so it's one of those things like if I had like a really quick main dish like if I was making like maybe like salmon or something Mm -hmm. then I would also then I could just throw this in the oven and leave it alone and then like throw the salmon in at the last minute but if I'm like roasting a chicken I'm not also making ratatouille Mm, yeah 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 definitely definitely a decent dish is it our favorite not really no but I mean it's pretty though right and if I, like I said, if someone requested it or the occasion called for it, I'd make it. But I don't see myself going out and buying these ingredients and being like, man, I got a hankering for some ratatouille. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Although, if you wanted to just be fucking bougie and be like, I'm making ratatouille this weekend. Mm-hmm. Option. Say, fuck it to my HelloFresh membership. Be like, I will just have ratatouille. <laughs> also, the name. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything? I'm gonna look it up. Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. What do we cook today? What do we cook today? Okay, so ratatouille, tuyer, if I'm saying that properly, it means to stir up. So it's literally just some shit we stirred up. Which makes sense. Yes. If you don't prepare it the like super pretty way that we did and you prepare it like the way I saw on the internet where it's just like a soup. Yeah. Yeah. So, fucking French cuisine. <laughs> Stir, Stir it, it up. up. Just something we fucking mix together. Fuck you. <laughs> Eat this. That sounds like a home dish. Mm-hmm. Your mom is just like, fuck you, I made ratatouille. Eat right. it. <laughs> uh, why did they make a whole movie about it? I think it's just because it had rat in the title. It just had rat in the title, and they're like, what if we made a movie about a French rat that wants to be a chef and we name it ratatouille and we don't make ratatouille until the end of the movie <laughs> disney you're fucking ridiculous you're fucking ridiculous yeah now i want to talk to like people that are experts in french cuisine and i just want to hear them say yeah when i heard that ratatouille was the main dish of a fucking show i was like why <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know maybe we're wrong and it's like this really revered dish but like yeah. No. Maybe no. it's like in the movie where it makes a lot of people nostalgic. Maybe. Because, like, sometimes nostalgic foods are objectively not people that fight. great. I mean, people... I can definitely attest to that because, like, I'm from here. So, like, people will fight to the death about Tony dogs, including me. And I know that they're just, like, a hot dog with, like, special chili on them. But I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is very important. Like, Mm -hmm. you can fuck this up. And people try to. And I'm like, this isn't a Tony dog. This is a chili dog. You need to get this the fuck away from me. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean... If you add cheese to it, it is now a coney with cheese. It's not a coney dog anymore. If you put ketchup on it, I'm judging you. I'll never speak to you again. Like... (laughs) I am not a coney dog fan. I... I don't even... I don't love them. Like, I'm not diehard about them the way some people are. But they are one of my go-to, like, drunk meals. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like, I eat them the way my mom used to eat them with light onions. And I'm just like, ah, yes. Give me this messy shit. (laughs) See, Memphis, barbecue. Barbecue is hella fucking important. I will go to war over barbecue. 
what like cut of barbecue do you feel like you are most like picky about like burnt ends brisket like brisket not so much ribs yeah i'm very very picky about how you do your ribs and your pulled pork anything mm-hmm. like i'm not huge into brisket because it's not so much a thing mm-hmm. definitely ribs okay if you did if you do ribs wrong i will fight you mm-hmm. i like muddy ribs okay. it's like half dry rub half sauce now i'm hungry again i like a pure dry rub mm-hmm. but like a good dry rub like good like applewood smoked mesquite or something mm-hmm. i don't necessarily like super wet ribs because i'm like i can't taste anything <laughs> see i love that's why i do muddy because it's like you get all the good seasoning of mm-hmm. dry rub and then you get the good texture and like mm-hmm. moisture mm. yeah my dad is a big rib person so he's like into all that stuff and i'm just like i like my dad's ribs <laughs> Like, if I have to pick which ribs, I always crave my dad's ribs, and he only makes them, like, once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always trying to find, like, a decent substitute, and I'm like, nope. See, if you do ribs wrong, you do them so wrong. Mm-hmm. Like. A lot of people bake them, which I'm like, ugh. <laughs> why? Don't. <laughs> There's a lot of places that are like, we're the number one barbecue place. I'm like, and yet I can tell that you baked these ribs, so. <laughs> The first time I had barbecue up here, I cried. I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't barbecue. I wouldn't hold that against you at all. I mean, I'm not going to name the restaurant, but mm-hmm. I think you know which one it was. Is it close to here? Ish. What city is it in? It's in Detroit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Disappointing. Well, that's because white people love that place, so... Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad, you should... We're just gonna let you talk to my dad about ribs, because he'll <laughs> give you a full, like... He'll probably be like, that motherfucking place! Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I, like, told him, like, the first time I had it, I'm like, why do people go crazy about this? He's like, because they don't know fucking barbecue. That's why. <laughs> okay, me and your dad would get along swimmingly. Yeah, he's definitely the person that, like, finds the hole-in-the-wall place. He's like, you want really good ribs? Go here. You want good rib tips? You go to this place. You want both? You got to go all the way across the border to Canada. That's like, I'm not do. kidding. His favorite barbecue place that was close to here was, like, in Canada. And then wow. there's another one in Chicago. That's where he likes to go. And then we have this one random place um, out in Farmington Hills that we like to go to. We definitely got to go to Memphis so I can show you the good spots in Memphis. Because Memphis does barbecue mm-hmm. different. And I, my favorite, obviously. Mm-hmm. I like North Carolina barbecue, too. But I think right now my favorite is St. Louis. St. Louis are, is good. Those are my favorite styles of rib is St. Louis ribs. Mm-hmm. So, But I'm open to try whatever. That we're talking about ribs forever. I gotta get off. <laughs> I gotta stop talking about ribs because I'll be like, one pile, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Take my $50 order last minute. Mm-hmm. Have it ready tomorrow. I will pick it up first thing in the morning. Ooh, ribs is breakfast. Mm-hmm. Ah. I've done it before and I'd do it again. It's a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. So that was our review of Ratatouille. Um, the dish. <laughs> the dish. We did the movie part already. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a lot more movie and food reviews in the future. Yeah, where we 
watch a movie that revolves around food and try to make one of the big dishes from that movie. And honestly, I'm kind of scared for the future because this one was pretty easy. (laughs) And then we're going to get into some movies that we have planned where it's like, I don't think I'm qualified to make this. But we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Bring on the tempered chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So much chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's wrap it up with a sweet spot. And Do we have the same sweet <laughs> yeah, spot? Yeah, we have the same sweet spot, yeah. for sure. And our sweet spot, if you haven't watched Inside by Bo Burnham yet, mm-hmm. you really desperately need to. Yeah. I will say that it is one of those films, like, if you're in a down mood, maybe don't watch, don't it. watch it. Yeah. Because what I, I have said to um, the people who asked me if it's good or not, I think it's good, but it's also like a very glaring look into what a very specific part of last year's quarantine felt like. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much watching all of that over again, and it's part of the reason why we don't want COVID written into storylines because we have to relive all that trauma. Yeah, but he does it in a way that is very. Um, I don't even know if it's fresh, but it's very, like, on the nose. Mm-hmm. And it's very much him being as honest about his struggles as I think you can in something like that. Like, he goes pretty deep and dark at, at some very, like, there's, like, two points where he goes, like, deep and dark. And then the rest is kind of, like, a thin layer of, like, everything's fine. I'm fine. It's still just a comedy special. <laughs> we can still laugh. Like, yeah, we could laugh, but, like shit's also fucked yeah (laughs) like um yeah and personally if i mean i don't i knew nothing about bo burnham before this i just knew him as the guy from the big sick Um, oh you haven't watched the original special no oh you gotta watch we might have to delay recording the next episode and watch it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but so good yeah i mean from what i saw it was good and like specifically white woman's instagram like mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that just look at that clip that's not what the tone of the movie is like i thought that was gonna it was just gonna be like a happy movie about like him making like synth pop music about pop culture and then i was like oh it's more like i stuck myself in my house for a year in the pandemic yeah. <laughs> and made this special um but white woman's instagram if you're any type of like crafty like you like that you like some of the instagram aesthetic him making fun of it while also doing it will definitely give you a sense of like i mean but i kind of like this yeah like i really want to make a ringing backdrop with blue shit in my bubble umbrella that i have Mm. so yeah i just really enjoyed it because for me it was like a deep look into the creative process and how fun and draining it can be mm-hmm. like because the movie starts out really hopeful he's got all these like poppy numbers and mm-hmm. and he has them throughout but you can definitely start seeing in the movie where he's been doing this a while and you get in a, that creative slump where you're like I don't want to finish this I'm tired of it. Yeah. But I have to finish this. Because mm-hmm. if I don't finish it, I'm going to have to move on to the next thing. And I don't want to do that either. <laughs> right. Yeah. That part was very much like, ah, uh, yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, but if this is gone, what else do I do? So 
definitely like if you're somebody who's just like stuck in a creative rut and you're also in a you feel like you're in a healthy enough place to see somebody else go through like a mental health struggle um definitely watch it also personally for me i'm all for anybody cussing out white men especially when it is a white man oh my god that so, was the best part that's the best part for me is i'm like everybody i feel like a lot of like white people that i follow on social media were like oh my god bo burnham's new movie is just it's art you have to look at it and i'm watching i'm like y'all know who you're talking about y'all right <laughs> right like they skipped that part they're like no but i'm not like that I can guarantee you, you are. You are currently like, being like that. You literally said the words, Bo Burnham special is art. You're who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay. But that was like the cherry on top. I was like, not only is he like letting us look at him in this like very unique way, but he's also just like, also kind of sucks like that white people run everything, but here we are. Yay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god. To quote him, should we should I be laughing at a time like this? And that's what you'll think the entire movie. Yeah, like should I be laughing? This guy looks really sad right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes, please go watch that. That's both of our sweet spots. We haven't been able to stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. And telling everyone just like walking down the street shaking people. Have you watched Bobarda? Watch inside. Mm-hmm. So please go watch it. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you think. Yes, please. We would love to chat with you all. I know we might have to move it up to like the beginning of the episode or like plop it in the middle of every episode. Be like, just so you know, we have a voicemail and we would love to hear your voices and like share it here on the podcast. So yeah. do that. Maybe you want to make Ratatouille and tell us how you liked it. Maybe yeah. you want to... Or if you've made it before and you feel like it's better. If you've made the fall Ratatouille, which we saw, let Please us let know. us know. Because that one seemed like... I feel like that would be more up the alley of how I would want to present Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. But I also am for anything that involves a sweet potato pumpkin puree. Yes. So, Or maybe you want to complain about white men. You are 100% free to do that yeah. in your voicemail, and we will definitely play it, probably it, more than once. This is a safe space for complaining about white men. It's not a safe space for white men's no. feelings, though, so if you're listening to this and be like, I don't like the way that they're bashing, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> we'll delete it, but leave us a voicemail. Yeah, we'll, we'll laugh at it and delete it. Mm-hmm. We'll do a whole episode just based on, like, let's stop here. <laughs> Problem one, you're white. <laughs> End of problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you just hear cackling laughter in the background, a la Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should talk about our matching hair next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll save that for the next <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, leave us a voicemail. It's speakpipe.com forward slash dish of the day podcast. Please leave us a voicemail. Check out our Instagram. Same name. Um, we're going to have a Facebook page soon, so keep an eye out for that. But it has been lovely having you this evening. I am Delta. I am Eartha. And go enjoy a dish. What are we cooking today? (laughs) If you'd like to get in contact with Dish of the Day, you can email us at dishofthedaypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash dish of the day podcast we are also on instagram at dish of the day podcast and our cover art was made by gabriella zaratka you can also follow on instagram at 
Windcries Gabby. That's W-I-N-D-C-R-I-E-S-G-A-B-I. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.